Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. small village in the French Alps recently experienced a decrease in class size. So in order to avoid a school closure for lack of students, a local farmer enrolled, and we're not making this up, 15 of his sheep in the school. <laughs> Which, let's be honest, is going to make for an interesting prom. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen sheep enrolled in this school. You laugh. These sheep are still more qualified than those celebrity kids whose parents bribed their way into the Oh, scathing. Nobody cares, but my favorite story of the day is the Border Patrol arresting 13 illegal immigrants in a fake military van disguised as U.S. Marines, each of the uniforms emblazoned with the name Perez. The... 13 Fighting Perez Brothers. I just love that story so much. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> well, here's a guy who tried to bribe ICE to deport his wife. You want to get rid of her? <laughs> it's not a bribe, it's a contribution. And she's here Give it little. to the, I don't know, officer's Christmas fund. Get her out of here. She's Dude. really getting on my nerves. She's uh, an illegal, but more importantly, she's an enormous pain in my ass. <laughs> so uh, would a 100 spot do or what? You name a figure. <laughs> a nice marriage. There aren't, there aren't many things that actually make me mad in this job. Like, you know, we cover a lot of stories that I have opinions about and thoughts about. But it actually offends me. I just saw on Good Morning America a cool picture of the shooter in that school shooting in Colorado the other day. Yeah. Now, if you saw any of the footage of this lame loser in the courtroom yesterday... If you have to show a picture, have that one where he looks like a freaking weak loser weirdo. Hanging his head in shame. No, they didn't use that picture. They used some cool in front of the mountains. Looks like a PR firm came up with it. Isn't this guy cool and mysterious and dangerous and romantic? Why, Good Morning America? Why are you doing that? How does no adult say, is this a good idea? Nobody puts the brakes on that. George Stephanopoulos. There are probably some. George Stephanopoulos, he, just, he must not be paying attention because I really believe, from what I know of him from TV, if I told, if I talked to him about it, he'd say, "Yeah, right, that's terrible. We're not going to do that." Yeah, he's in charge. Is he? Yeah, he's the head of the news, whatever. Mm. He has full know. power over news. Like uh, he's the only person that had that until now. Nora O'Donnell has it for CBS. Right. Give somebody full kingly power over the news stuff. You know, the most charitable thing I can say is that uh, I think journalists have been doing what they do in the same way for so long. They don't realize this is a different thing. You can't. This is not somebody robbing a liquor store and shooting somebody. This is not uh, a uh, you know a, a love triangle. This is a psychological phenomenon. It's a contagion in the society, and you have to approach it differently. We've talked to really solid journalists, really solid people, who've said, no, 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 you have to report all the facts, and 
bring out the facts and the pictures and the rest of it. That's what we do. While mental health uh, professionals are unanimous in that the media coverage causes more shootings. Yeah, we've hammered that. I just was surprised to see that on Good Morning America today after it's been discussed all week long, including uh, I wanted to play that tape of the, was it the DA there in Colorado saying, look, don't show this guy's picture. Don't mention his name. Yeah. I mean, the... Let us move past focusing on the identity of the suspects and their images and focus instead on the innocent victims and on this crime and the investigation itself. How do you ignore that Good Morning America? Anyway. For ratings. If it bleeds, it leads. Quit crying. This is a money game. I I wish I had it memorized. uh, Hunter S. Thompson's quote about the TV business. It's a shallow money trench. It's filled with the most disgusting people and behavior you can imagine. That's a downer. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I wanted to mention we are in a constitutional crisis, in case you've forgotten, a constitutional crisis. So wear a gas mask. Have your hazard lights on in your car. We are now in a constitutional crisis. It's an official declaration. And that's Jerry Nadler. Announcing we're in a constitutional crisis, and this morning Nancy Pelosi announced we are in a constitutional crisis. I would like a definition for that. Sean's wearing his gas mask. That's a Thank constitutional you. crisis confirmation. That's a triple C right there. <laughs> I, uh, Great Scott. I would like a definition of a constitutional crisis. I'm not exactly Look sure. Look around, Jack. <laughs> Open your eyes. Here's the full quote from Hunter S. Thompson, just because it's worth knowing. And it's funny, because the Internet makes S up. I don't know if you caught on to that. Um, it's, it's now people have edited, edited it to, uh, say the music business, the first several results I came up with, but I've read virtually everything he's written and I'm sure it was about TV originally, but the TV business is uglier than most things. It is normally perceived as some kind of cruel and shallow money trench through the heart of the journalism industry, a long plastic hallway where thieves and pimps run free and good men die like dogs for no good reason. There is also a downside. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Um, that reminds me something. What did my son say yesterday? Oh, he wanted to know if he could uh, bring gum to school and chew it during his big uh, state test they're taking this week. He said, because chewing gum helps you do better on your tests. I said, where'd you come up with that? And he said, it's on the Internet. <laughs> really? <laughs> so I had a little conversation about how everything on the internet's not true. This probably might be true. It's not, you know, I've but, actually read about uh, peppermint. The taste, the smell of peppermint actually uh, increases your your yeah. mental alertness. I, I don't think they're going to let you chew gum in class anyway. But um, you just got to be subtle about it. The idea mm. that it was on the internet, so it's true. Boy, you got to squash that yeah. quick. Okay, <laughs> son. <laughs> you got to squash that quick. One more thing before we take a break, and we got more good stuff to come, including that op-ed piece in the New York Times from the other founder of Facebook. One of the co-founders with Zuckerberg, ah, yes. who's saying Zuckerberg's got way too much power. It's scary. Oof. That's that's something. So this just out today. The United States has developed a new missile for pinpoint airstrikes that kill terrorists with no explosion, minimizing the chances of civilian casualties. Is it just like a really accurate rock chuck? I haven't read the article. Like a, you bludgeon them, I guess. I don't know. Well, it's a bullet. I'll have to read the article. It sounds like a bullet. But that would be, definitely be a good thing. Because yes. one of the problems with, okay, we got him nailed down, and we got him in the entire wedding party, which they always surround themselves with innocence so that they can make this sort of noise when they get killed. Sure. No explosion. Oh, goodness. What if it's just something like really heavy just taps you in the head? 
Speaking of the Muslim world, that uh, Pakistani Christian lady who is on death row for blasphemy, um, and here's a nice poster showing her being burned, hanged, and her throat slit, which ought to cover it. Uh, she was uh, released and is uh, leaving for Canada after international pressure. Nuclear-armed Pakistan still executing people for being Christian. Ah, oh, that's lovely. You know, we were talking about this yesterday, about how I do believe some cultures are better than others. And any culture that executes you for being the wrong religion is a bad one. If you'd like to call me a bigot, feel free via email, text, or telephone. People who point out grammar mistakes are pretty much jerks, a new study finds. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to that. Um, also, <laughs> one of the co-founders of Facebook says it's really dangerous for Zuckerberg to have this much power. What's up there? Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. He had played a lot of my least favorite Billy Joel songs on his birthday. Listen to that. He asked for Billy Joel songs, then he yells at you. I'm not yelling. I was going to say it. It's not your job. I know. You wanted Uptown Girl. It's not not your job to guess what my favorite Billy Joel songs are, but it's his birthday. (laughs) Most of the older stuff, like 52nd Street, way back in the day, you know. Early skinny. Before he sold out. <laughs> Before he was as hit focused, I think. Yeah, you know, I heard some, uh, I can't remember, I was flipping around somewhere, and I heard some of uh, his deep cuts, some of his album cuts that I'd never heard before in my life. And they were really, really good music. Yeah, I mean, not, I, 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 I'm not as radio friendly. I haven't, right. I haven't gone that deep into Billy Joel's catalog. It's just, it's good, but it doesn't quite tickle my fancy, but. Some of the stuff he's done has been really impressive, and I need to dig into it. I hate that. Yeah, before he croaks. Happens with a lot of artists. His biggest hits are my least favorite songs. Just hate them. Oh my god, you hate them. I I like. Oh yeah, just like. Oh, I would never listen to those. Really? Do you like Big Shot? I like Big Shot. Okay. I do like that song. Pinano Man's all right. Oh, of course. Yeah, I like that. And that's probably he's still in the Navy. (laughs) (laughs) If I had to guess, he may be for life. New York State of Mind's his best song. Anyway. From uh, the New York Times. I find it maudlin and tortured. Maudlin? Yes. Um, I have too many things open on the phone. I hate music critics so much. I like to pretend to be one occasionally just to try it on. Just to put on the reptile suit that is the music critic. Their true skin. (sighs) Um, So, guy that uh, founded Facebook with Zuckerberg. They're friends. And I wanted him plucky use from the uh, the social media movie, right? The social social network. Right. Written an op-ed piece in the New York Times today in which he goes through uh, what it was like in the early days. And they were at Harvard and Zuckerberg sleeping on a mattress on the floor. And he was there when Zuckerberg met his girlfriend, who's now his wife. And they go way back. And he said, the point of all this is that Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, is human. He's just very much like anybody. And it's his very humanity that makes his unchecked power so problematic. Mark's influence is staggering, far beyond that of anyone else in the private sector or in government. That's a hell of a statement. (laughs) He controls three core communication platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. The billions of people that billions of people use every day, 
Facebook's board works more like an advisory committee than an overseer because Mark controls around 60% of voting shares. Mark alone can decide how to configure Facebook's algorithms to determine what people see in their news feeds, what privacy settings they can use, and even which messages get delivered. He sets the rules alone for how to distinguish violent and incendiary speech from merely offensive, and he can choose to shut down a competitor by acquiring, blocking, or copying it. And I'm sorry, offensive to whom is a key question as well. Right. Mark is a good, kind person, but I'm angry that his focus on growth led him to sacrifice security and civility for clicks. I'm disappointed in myself and the early Facebook team for not thinking more about how the news feed algorithm could change our culture, influence elections, and empower nationalist leaders. And I'm worried that Mark has surrounded himself with a team that reinforces his beliefs instead of challenging them. I doubt they're friends anymore Mm. after this. The government must hold Mark accountable. For too long, lawmakers have marveled at Facebook's explosive growth and overlooked the responsibility to ensure that Americans are protected and markets are competitive. Any day now, the Federal Trade Commission is expected to impose a $5 billion fine on the company, but that's not enough. Nor is Facebook's offer to appoint some kind of privacy czar. After Mark's congressional testimony last year, there should have been calls for him to truly reckon with his mistakes. Instead, the legislators who questioned him were derided as too old and out of touch to understand how tech works. That's the impression Mark wanted Americans to have, because it means little will change. Wow, that's a pretty scathing indictment. I don't appreciate him using nationalist as a uh, an epithet, by the way. I don't either. Because there are various brands of nationalism. Um, you know, some are ugly, some are not. Some are like, uh, okay, giant corporations that want global trade above all else are sacrificing the American people for their profit. Not cool. That's nationalism. America was built on the idea that power should not be concentrated in any one person because we're all fallible. That's why the founder, the founders created a system of checks and balances. They didn't need to foresee the rise of Facebook to understand the threat the gargantuan companies would pose to democracy. Jefferson and Madison were the voracious readers of Adam Smith who believed that monopolies prevent the competition that spurs innovation and leads to economic growth. Sure. Um, now, I'm... Break up Facebook. Uh, oh, a devil's advocate thing, just for a second. Because, I mean, the, the billions of people on those platforms is mind-boggling and, and obviously that much weight... You know, E equals MC squared. That could apply an immense amount of energy in one direction or another. I don't deny that. But Facebook, I understand. Um, I get what it is and why people use it mostly. Uh, Sean, give me like a sentence or two on Instagram. That's the other one. I mean, I've seen it. I'm What's up? Uh, What's up? What's What's up? Instagram is mostly people sending each other pictures and videos. Uh, it's Twitter, but more picture-focused. And is there a lot of politics on Instagram or exchanging of ideas? Uh, much less than Twitter. It probably still exists, but it's it's okay. it's much more surface-level e. Okay, and WhatsApp? Uh, WhatsApp is just a it's a, a messaging service that okay. you can use to not uh, do texting. So uh, the most common uses I've seen for it are I have a friend who's traveling overseas. They don't get cell service there. We right. can still communicate on WhatsApp. Okay. Does Mark Zuckerberg influence what's on WhatsApp at all? As far as you can tell or are aware of, that's not that's not like a broadcasting thing. It just seems yeah. more it's it's about whatever the person people, to person. Yeah, that's more person to person or as opposed person to small group. Yeah, yeah, okay. that, that sort of thing. Okay, uh, Instagram is much closer to your kind of social network style thing, where based on algorithms and filters, you can mm-hmm. affect what's on your feed. Okie doke. God, it's it, this is a pretty interesting article if you want to read the whole thing, where they just talk about the beginnings of Facebook and 
when they were up to 50 employees and they both realized, geez, we can't fail now. We got all these employees and they're all counting on this. And look at this picture of them when they were at Harvard and they started Facebook. The children. Wow, that's amazing. Soon to be globally dominant billionaires. I'd hate to tell you what I was thinking at that age. It wasn't, let's see, let's design a computer platform where we... No. No. That's something, though. That That's something that this guy, you know, decided to... I don't know what their personal relationship is. Who knows? He could have a beef with Zuckerberg also. Uh, or he and might have some wackadoo political beliefs, but... He could not... You know, he could be in a position where I don't care if Zuckerberg hates me because he did this one time or whatever. So maybe it wasn't that hard for him to write this piece in the New York Times. But um, he is right. If Zuckerberg decided to go rogue and, like, really go out there, he could have he could have a pretty big influence. Tucker Carlson talks about that a lot. If Mark Zuckerberg decided in the last weeks of election, look, this is important, I'm going to do it. Right. He could, he could have an impact. Well, and what's extra scary is that he could decide to have a very, very big impact and nobody would notice it or know how he did it for quite some time. For a while. He would end up a villain in history, but yeah. he could sway an election, certainly. Yeah. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. You know, for all the talk of the Russian interference with our election, the rest of it, and the Facebook ads and blah, 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 there, there has not been a responsible study that says that moved any votes. No. I mean, it's that doesn't mean we shouldn't oppose it and try to root it out. Yeah, I'm not sure how well uh, an outside entity can do it, but I think if Zuckerberg himself decided, look, I'm going to funnel all the information in this direction. Into a handful of key districts. Yeah. Yeah. Because sure. of our system, yeah. yeah. And that's what this guy's worried about. He doesn't I would, think I he... would unlike that. <laughs> <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? I have more warnings about America's constitutional crises. Trump administration's latest move to cut your medical expenses. Really interesting. And yes, please. And the Brits' discovery of what they're calling our King Tut's tomb. N- never mind that. How's the royal baby? Oh. Little Archie. <laughs> huh? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> oh boy. We have the best thing ever to post to the website, but we can't talk about it yet. We gotta get it ready to go first. Also, yet another story. Average human lifespan could soon pass one hundred years thanks to medical tech. According to companies that are putting their money where their mush is and investing in this stuff. Average. So that that's increasing the average by 20 years. Yeah. That's a hell of a leap all of a sudden. Boy, am I going to be grumpy by the time I'm 110. If that's Ooh. the average for every 90-year-old, you got a 110-year-old, right? Uh, we'll talk about it. All right. Stay tuned. Right now, news with Marshall Phillips. We are just getting this word coming in. U.S. government sources say they, the U.S. has seized a North Korean ship used to transport coal in violation of sanctions. That, wow. that move coming... Well, who gave them the coal? Is that a China thing? Is that, uh, very well is be. that for today? Did we seize that ship today because he's meeting with the Chinese leaders about the trade stuff today? And this move coming after reports North Korea fired off a couple of short-range missiles earlier today. Meanwhile, here at home... I think the key to this story is who, who where'd the coal come from? Yeah. China! It came from China. That's a big deal. Meanwhile, here at home, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Chairman of the Judiciary Committee Jerry Nadler both agree... We are now in a constitutional crisis. What? 
Well, oh no! What do we, where do I? Go? We are now in a constitutional crisis. Oh, no. Does your family have a plan? Enact your plan. I wasn't ready for this. Plan nine from outer space. Meet at the water tower, family. Meet at the water tower. That's right. God help us. Nadler, the first. Stockpile antibiotics and dried goods. Nadler was the first to make the assertion yesterday after the party line vote by the committee to hold Attorney General William Barr in contempt after he declined to subpoena for Special Counsel Mueller's unredacted report. Well, yeah, he was the first to say it after that vote, but isn't this like the fourth or fifth quote-unquote constitutional crisis we've had in the last six months? We seem to have a lot. Well, well yeah. define it for me. Define constitution. You can't. How did it, everybody? There's a dispute between the branches of the government. How do the politicians and media throw around the term constitutional crisis constantly without any definition of it? Well, it's a constitutional issue. Fair enough. Okay. Well, Courts will step in. We'll work it out. We'll be fine. Well, if you're going to call the constitutional crisis, to me, that's a can the constitution survive this? Right. Right. So if you've already slit the throats of your neighbors just to be safe, I, I wish you hadn't. I think we're going to be okay. Pelosi agreeing that there is a crisis in the U.S. The administration has decided that they are not going to vote. Honor their oath of office. There you go. Not honoring the oath of office. Oh, no. Well, I mean, that's a good, solid uh, dispute between branches. We need to figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, isn't everything a constitutional crisis practically, then, if you're going to look at it that way? Sure. They passed legislation. Ooh, the president vetoed it. It's a constitutional crisis. What about Congress's legitimate constitutional powers? Well, if everything's a crisis, and this is the age of hyperbole... Soon nothing is a crisis. Then when there is a crisis, people will ignore it. True. See, boy, wolf, etc. President Trump is speaking out against surprise medical billings. In a White House event today, Trump is calling it a tremendous problem in the U.S., saying this must end. Now, the problem happens when patients get hospital treatment from health care providers who are outside a patient's health insurance network. I know this has happened to me a number of times. You'll get an anesthesiologist who is not within the network, and you get the full bill right for that anesthesiologist. And that whole thing is crazy. Cause, yeah. And yeah. you're supposed to research the entire team beforehand, make sure they're all on your network, et cetera, et cetera, and, and reject the services and of some, the guy. Yeah, and, and somehow uh, demand a different person. Right. You're supposed to do that all often as you're reeling from some terrible illness. Yep. Meantime, Trump said the Republican Party will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions. Democrats have been arguing otherwise. But I find that uh, pronouncement by the president pretty interesting because this is a big problem. There is not a Republican above the level of county commissioner anywhere who advocates ending the protection for people with pre-existing conditions because it'd be political suicide these days. So that is a straw man. I tell you this, though, and I know, Jack, you can relate to this. I got my uh, super cool, the kids are doing it, hip customization, my aftermarket hip. And (laughs) we're still having bills trickle in. Oh, yeah. There's $103 there. There's $157 there. And we're like... Where has this been? Who is this? Is this legit? You call them twice. They don't call back. Right. And we had one yesterday. So just like a couple of weeks ago, I zeroed out everybody. So I have to go to each person, me, both my kids, and my wife, because you each have separate billing accounts, right? I went to each one and made sure they were all zeroed out, because I'm getting these bills like this all the time. Yeah. And, you know, and so I got them all zeroed out. Got, yesterday, I got a phone call of, your past due. This is the last notice. Go into collections. If you don't. I just... 
called you last week and went through all of this. How could it be past due however many days you got to be when I zeroed out all my... You know, I don't know how you're yeah, supposed no to... Yeah, no kidding. I don't know how you're supposed to figure that out. Is that incompetence? Is that a scam? What, what's going on? I, I do think... I do think some of it is a scam. I think they hit you with bills that insurance will cover, hoping you'll pay them. And if you don't pay them, insurance will cover it. But I think they hit you, they hit you with the bill first. Just to see. Just to see. A little test. Yeah. Archaeologists are saying that an underground chamber discovered by accident by road workers may actually be the site of the earliest Christian royal burial in Britain. The chamber was uncovered uh, between a road and a railway line in the village of Prittlewell in 2003. Oh, that's a great British name there, Prittlewell. It turned out to be a 1,400-year-old burial site containing items that were interred with whoever was buried there. A golden belt buckle, Ooh. golden crosses, remnants of a harp, glassware, and an elaborate water vessel. So around the year 600. Yeah. Wow, that's really early in British history. Yep. Big belt buckle. Yep. And Harp is an early country musician. And again, the two gold foil crosses at the head of the coffin suggest a Christian burial. The Museum of London is calling the discovery, quote, our equivalent of King Tut's tomb. Wow. That's I wonder if they can nail down who it is. That's like King Alfred time, I think. And we're talking Viking Wars and all that sort of right. stuff. That's nice ancient British knowledge. King Alfred. That's <laughs> not a for Viking that. name. I know. It doesn't sound like a good name, but it was a guy's name. <laughs> all right. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting a Getty Show, The Conscience of the Nation. No Archie. Huh? Squawky. So a couple things I was excited about. Oh, greatest video we've ever come across. Oh, oh boy. It's, it's posted. We need to figure out how to talk about this. <sighs> I don't want to say anything about it, because it's best to see it completely tabula rasa. Nothing on your mind. Listen, I'm a little verbose at times. I can't figure out what to say about it. And any description would ruin it, I think. I just you got to check this out at armstrongandgetty.com. And it, watch it. may it. be the all-time... What the? You're gonna start. You're gonna start thinking. What am I about to see? Just, just go with it. Yeah. And it's nothing super nasty. No, 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 no. no you no. could definitely at the beginning. I thought, what am I about? This is gonna turn ugly. Uh, no, t- say no more. I may show it to my kids. Say no more. That's true. I don't want to ruin it. Yeah, you ruined it. I may have ruined it. You ruined it. I probably did ruin <laughs> you know it. You know when to. You gotta know when to stop painting. Huh? Sometimes it's about you know the trees. What? I you got the Mona paint. Lisa here. I'm going to put a big red hat on it, said Leonardo. <laughs> no, he didn't, because he knew when to stop. So anyway, we have it at armstrongandgetty.com. And you know what? I'd like you to watch it. We should have put it on Twitter. Maybe put it on Twitter, too, because I want comments on it. Yeah. I want to hear what people have to say about it after they watch it. Yeah. Hey, Hanson, can you tweet it out real quick? I just want to see the comments after people watch this dang thing. Have you watched it, Hanson? I've, I've, no. I've spent a lifetime... Witnessing human behavior from the glorious to the horrific. And I don't know what I just saw. I haven't seen it yet. Does this involve bottle rockets? Well, or I, I mean, I know what I saw, but I don't know why I saw it. <laughs> anyway, that's and another. What does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> Double rainbow all the way. Right? Uh, what does it mean? It made me question everything. Oh, my. And you had something else I was really excited about, too. Oh, the human lifespan. Oh, yeah. Increasing geez, by yeah. leaps and bounds. And this is not, you know, some rosy prediction by people who are just, you know, optimists or dreamers. This has to do with companies investing enormous sums of money in the technology because they believe in it. Cool. That's next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
Armstrong and Getty Show. My question is, what time is it? It's 9 o'clock on a Saturday. How's the fact check? No, it's not. Billy Joel's brief period in Los Angeles when he left New York because he owed some people some money. He went out and was playing the... Piano and bars for tips. Was he fleeing on the lamb to break his legs under the name of Billy Martin, so nobody could find him? Yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah. Is it the uh, nine a.m. on a Saturday, and the regular crowd shuffles in? It's got to be nine p.m. Doesn't it? It opens at nine. That can't be. I don't know either. Mm-hmm. It's the untold story. Um, Tonight on behind the music, <clears throat> Billy Joel's birthday. What time is it? <laughs> It is. Happy birthday to William Joel. He's uh, certainly uh, been with some attractive ladies through the years. He's got that going for him. So, according to Bank of America's big uh, investment analysts, one of the biggest investment opportunities over the next decade will be companies working to delay human death. A market expected to be worth at least $600 billion by six years from now. How they figured that out, I have no idea. That might be wrong by a factor of four, but anyway, the best in the business believe it. Uh, They believe that genome sequencers... Let me spit out my gum. I'm slurry enough already. Uh, Believe that genome sequencers such as Illumina, high-tech players such as Alphabet... And biotech companies such as Novartis are on the cusp of, and I quote, bringing unprecedented increases to the quality, quality and length of human lifespans. Alphabet's Google, right? Yeah, but How, how's Google bringing unprecedented quality to life? Uh, with their research and such, uh, I'll get into that in a second. But, um, or I'm actually I don't remember it specifically them talking about. Um, they mention again. Alphabet, but it's funny they're never specific about what they're going to do. It hadn't occurred to me. Most but, most likely they're just bankrolling the other companies that are doing it, and or you know their research capabilities right. or whatever. Yeah, they're well, yeah, that's right. They're a giant conglomerate, so they're they've got a subsidiary that's dealing in this stuff. Yeah. Um, blah 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 blah. Unquality, uh, uh, unprecedented increases in quality and length, innovations in genome science, big data, and amortality which includes wearable technologies and products in the so-called wellness space. Uh, Well, I told you that, Beyond 100. Now, it's funny. This sort of thing gets thrown around a lot, including on this show. These analysts say medical knowledge will double every 73 days by 2020. I'm not sure how you nail that down either, but versus every three and a half years in 2010. I don't know how that increases. And genomic sequencing costs. Now, this is true have fallen 99.999% since 2003. Used to be like owning a computer in 1966 versus 2016. Uh, This has enabled a new frontier in precision medicine to further extend life expectancy, heralding a techmanity. Technology meets humanity revolution. Please Google the Borg Star Trek. Um, Techmanity. So, you know, one thing that's encouraging, if, if again, it's true, and these people are ready to gamble many, many, many millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars on this proposition, so I doubt they're just throwing crap around, but 
if that's true, the fun part is that it won't just keep progressing where we're patiently waiting for that big cancer breakthrough that we keep hearing. No, they're going to say the pace is really going to accelerate, accelerate like crazy. Well, get in the to near the future. get to the we're going to live to be a hundred. Well, it's just no. virtually everything that ails us, everything that kills us. They're going to figure out how to uh, either deal with or, or you know. The, the, Send in a little roto rooter and take care of the plaque in our arteries. We got, we got, humanity's got a problem coming. So, for the same reasons, and we were talking about the singularity today and yesterday, uh, artificial intelligence and computers and everything like that. So, computers are going to reach the point where they're smart enough to program themselves. At the same time that artificial intelligence reaches the point where half to 80% of all jobs are eliminated. At the same time that we're going to live to be a hundred years old, right? That's a problem. And those those don't those numbers don't add up. And add to that, everybody lives to be a hundred with no job to do. Perhaps I'm nitpicking, but who wants to be covered with nits? Uh, add to that, they're assuring us it will increase the length and quality of life. How, no, well, what can't. if length comes first? You can't. How are you going to increase the quality when when people don't have jobs? How, what are you going to eat? How are you going to support yourself? Well, they mean medically. Just eliminating plaque that causes Alzheimer's and, and Parkinson's and stuff like that. So I get what they're saying, but to your point, I mean, you're absolutely right. Your quality of life ain't that good if you got no food. You have nothing. No house. Even if you have food, even if all of your creature comforts are taken care of, you have never had a reason to get up in the morning and never will. Because there are no jobs. Right. You, there's no need to sustain yourself. I think the no food thing might be a better outcome. Yeah. I, and and again, and I don't know how we're going to craft society or an economy if artificial intelligence does take away that many jobs. It's mind boggling. There's one presidential candidate that's talking about that constantly. What's his name? Andrew. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Yang. Yang. The Yang. But um, the Yanger. It's, it's a bad coincidence. That we're going to all live to be 100 at the same time that there ain't no jobs to do. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Oh, hey, uh, apologies if you went to armstrongandgetty.com for the video we were talking about. It, it takes a while to actually gear up and get on there for reasons that you might as well try to explain it to a dog as explain it to if, me. But If you're wondering, am, is this the video they were talking about? Is this the right one? You'll know it when you find it. When you're <laughs> yes. watching the video, you won't wonder, is this what they were talking about? No, you won't. If if you make that squinty what face through the entire thing, that's the one. <laughs> the Internet is a Strange Place is the title of it if, if you need some guidance to, to yes. find it. I, I would yes. like to see any comments, emails, texts, tweets in your response. Because what the heck is that? Hello, Elizabeth Holmes here, wearing a sensible <laughs> black turtleneck. I figure-sticked Armstrong and Getty, and now here's their final thoughts with the results. That's beautiful. He's your host, Joe Getty. Thank you, Elizabeth. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. There he is in the control room. It's Michael Angelo. Michael. Okay, Marshall, Gladys is waiting for you on the casino <laughs> bus. She's got a handful of scratchers, two tickets to Tony Orlando. Happy birthday, Marshall. <laughs> yes, that's beautiful. Positive Sean, your final thought. Yes, when you are watching the video of this brilliant artist perform wonderful art on armstrongandgetty.com, do not overlook the face of accomplishment that this, this person has at the end of said artistic act. <laughs> it is, is a key. It is mwah, chef's kiss beautiful. Key mwah. moment. The birthday boy, Marshall Phillips, final thought. I'm going to the Raven Social and Athletic Club and collect on birthday drinks. And once again, my friends, please stop sending me this clip. So I want to wish a Mr. Marshall 
Phillips a happy birthday. He turns 100 years old. Different Marshall Phillips. So you claim. Jack, do you have a final thought for the good folks? Yeah. As my son enters the age of uh, discovering the Internet and the ability to roam around on it, man, things have gotten way more complicated, way more scary. Jeez, it's just, it just, when does it end? Never ends. No, boy. The multiplication of fears and problems. My final thought is, I saw a headline a few minutes ago about my favorite football team. And I thought... Are you talking uh, soccer? No, no, American football. What am I, a county? And I I thought, you know, I'm not going to bother reading that. I don't care so much. I think I'm almost unhooked from the NFL. I think I'll probably have one more relapse. I might rob a liquor store, but I think I'm almost off of it. I'm trying. Doesn't do me any good. How about other sports? No, I still love my baseball. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm an NBA uh I'm an NBA guy. Too much scoring, I hate it. Kevin Durant <laughs> going down changes the whole playoff outlook. You're gonna see some different teams, maybe. I've heard they already have taken the leg. Oh really? Yeah. Wow, they put him down. Armstrong and Getty wrapping a drooling four-hour workday. So many people, thanks for a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We'll have that video up before long. Uh, follow us on the Twitter machine. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah, I want to know your reaction. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. We apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Bye-bye. I love donkeys. So then I was like, yay, and I ran over here. Armstrong and Getty.